sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, welcome in. This is Diamond Bets. This is your show about pulling money out of your love of baseball, even just your like, or maybe just your, oh, baseball. I know what that is. The Yankees and Aaron Judge. There's a way to make money out of it. My name is Matt Stryker. His name is Joe Pizzapia. You'll recognize his name as the author of the Black Book series, also a prevailing voice in the industry. Perfect guy to sit with and talk. And I think that's what we're going to do, man. Let's go around the diamond with Joe Pizzapia and look at some of the headlines that really are going to matter in the coming weeks here. First and foremost, the Seattle Mariners, Joe. They've activated their star outfielder, Julio Rodriguez. Is he 100%? Is he ready to contribute? The answer seems to be yes. We'll get your thoughts. Aaron Judge continues to slug home runs on pace for, I believe, 66. That'll break at least the team record. And uh, last but not least, Wander Franco, your favorite player, begins a rehab <laughs> assignment. Will he be there down the stretch for the Tampa Rays? Joe Pizzapia, the floor is mm-hmm. yours. Yeah, uh, another big piece of news, too, is Lance McCullers coming back yesterday and going uh, six scoreless frames. And once again, the Astros. Now, Lance McCullers, uh, that boy good. In, in <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. So Lance McCullers, you've added now to this rotation. You've already got Justin Verlander. You've already got Framber Valdez. You got Christian Javier. You got all these guys who throw gas. And you got guys like Garcia who can just manage games, right? Yeah. That makes him dangerous. Uh, and McCullers coming back and maybe the versatility too. Maybe he does end up in the bullpen. You got Lance McCullers going out there throwing two innings for you to stabilize a game that might be in extra innings or stabilize a game that, you know, maybe is a 4-2 game and you're behind and the pitcher didn't have it that night, but he can go two or three innings. That's a huge win for the Houston Astros, uh, just from a depth standpoint. And that's the thing. It's the depth of the Astros that I think everybody else needs to kind of understand how good of a team that this is. And adding Trey Mancini to that lineup to lengthen it was it was a great move. I thought that was just spectacular. Kind of low-key move, maybe not the biggest star name, but certainly one that can help you out there. Um, so, yeah, so the rich get richer there. Wander Franco, you're 100% right. You know, this is a guy that the Rays need back in the worst way. Is he going to be 100%? Nobody's 100%. This time of year, right? We know this. Julio Rodriguez coming back off the IL. Is he 100%? No. The only thing that can derail Julio Rodriguez is injury. I mean, this kid is just on a whole different plane. If you look at the numbers of Julio Rodriguez this year, too, they, they are just absolutely stunning. So in 98 games that he's played, again, a little less games because he's missed some time here, 18 home runs, 21 steals, hitting 273 with an 815 OPS. Let's Again, for a 21-year-old rookie, like, let's keep in mind how young this kid is, right? And then you throw in, oh, he's also got 19 doubles. You know, I mean, the guy's just been off the chart great. So this is where he's starting. It's scary to think where this guy could be as a hitter in three years or even maybe next year. That's how good and how healthy Major League Baseball is with these young, talented players. You have Wander Franco. You have Juan Soto. You have Julio Rodriguez. You have some players here, Vlad Guerrero. I mean, the list goes on and on with some of these young talents in Major League Baseball where Major League Baseball is very healthy. It's time to start really promoting them. And Tatis Jr. is one of those guys too. But now Tatis has put himself in a tough spot. I don't think he's going to be getting any more Dairy Queen commercials, to tell you the truth, after the PD suspension. It's going to be a little while. I mean, maybe it was something in the Dairy Queen. You know, it's sometimes when you ask for the uh, for the anabolic steroid blizzard, sometimes I guess, you know. <laughs> 
one too many in there. You know <laughs> what for the, that? Dairy Queen commercials with the... Well, I do want to at least go for the lobster roll. Dairy Queen lobster roll, I could understand popping, testing positive. <laughs> you know what I mean? But beyond that... Do they have a lobster roll at the, the Brasier? They do. do. they have that? That's why I think that I could understand if you put on a test. Yes, Where? they have, they have, you, I have trife, trafe at the, at the Dairy Queen. I've seen the signs, lobster rolls. Yeah, I've often commented right. to my wife, hey, let's get a lobster roll from Dairy Queen. That is terrifying. As we good. welcome in our radio audience here, God knows what they're getting into. Lobster rolls at Dairy Queen, <laughs> dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria here on Diamond Bets. We're talking about the return of some young players. And look, the Julio Rodriguez return, the Mariners are in the thick of the wild card race. Same thing can be said for the Tampa Rays getting Wander Frankel back. These are two huge additions to this lineup for the stretch run that they really need. But that's that Lance McCullers one that really sticks out to me for the Astros because the Astros really didn't do much, right? They added Vasquez from the Red Sox. They added Dre Mancini. They didn't need to add another pitcher because they knew they had Lance McCullers coming back. And that's just another arrow in the quiver, you know, so to speak for them that they have so many ways they can beat you and if jordan alvarez is right and swinging a hot bat man i mean this is a this is a tough squad here but this wild card race is super tight and at the end of the day you know the fact that the orioles are even in there that's one of the great stories in baseball too what do, what do you make of the orioles still hanging around because i know like a month ago going yeah. into the all-star break when they had that win streak we were like oh aren't you adorable you're so cute baltimore <laughs> trying to compete but now now we're in mid-august yeah. and they're still hanging around so what do you make of this Here's the thing about dust, it settles. Here's the thing about cream, it rises to the top. You know what I mean? Uh, we talk Ooh, about yeah. it. It's a great segue from the astral to the I've cried a thousand times, I'll cry a thousand times more. Uh, the great thing about talking about the Astros and then transitioning to the Orioles, not only is the color scheme similar, but also if you think about it, what the Astros are able to do, you mentioned lengthening the lineup with Trey Mancini, also adding a bullpen piece in the Odorizzi deal coming back the other way. This is a team that knows what it has and it knows how to win, right? We talk about dust settling, cream rising to the top. We're here in August. Does Baltimore have their big three starters? Is it Dean Kramer? Is anyone jump out at you there? I mean, D.L. Hall got roughed up yesterday. Is anyone? Their bullpen is what they have. Do they have any big bats? Eh, not really, just a few. So Baltimore's fun, but I still think they're cute and adorable. I still think there's just too much tumult in the central, and it pulls the Orioles out of the race. When we come back, we're going to pull some studs and duds. This is Diamond Facts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Again to Diamond Bets, Matt and Joe with the at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid TV. Those are social media handles. That way you can hear, listen, read, look at Joe Pizzapia, all that you want. And if you want the exclusive Joe Pizzapia experience, it's at Joe Pizzapia 17. If there's an OnlyFans or something that I am unaware of, Joe, I'll allow you to let the yes. people know all I'm about gonna that. I'm going to start an OnlyFans. I, I, I actually have you an idea for that, Matt. Do you want to hear? It's, it's where... Take it away. Uh, but you know what? Here's the thing. It's like, you know, men and women want different things. For me, I'm going to set up an OnlyFans, and I'm just going to sit with a glass of wine, and I encourage... You know, single women or, 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 you know, married women who want to just complain about the woman at work that they don't like. And I just sit there and we drink wine together and they complain about that person. I think it would make a lot of money, personally. I think I do pretty well on that. You like I, that I OnlyFans idea? 
I, I do remove the gender boundary. I think just re regard human beings. Oh yeah, men, anybody. Complain. You know, I mean, just yeah, just sit yeah. with a glass of I wine like with me and talk about your feelings and your problems. And I don't say anything. I just listen. Sure. I just listen. That's it. I love it. All right, uh, studs and duds is the name of this segment. <laughs> great, great segue from Joe's OnlyFans to studs and duds. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm a little studs, right? Come on, baby, let's go. Um, it's a little different here on the show, at least, <laughs> at least for the visual portion of it. It's where we talk about players that have been playing studly and then players that have been playing dudly. And I think now more than ever, this is a very important segment because when you look at some of the studs, you're going to see some names you recognize and go, yeah, I know he's a stud. Then you're going to see some names and go, wow, can this guy maintain studliness down the hot August into September? And then you look at some of the duds and you're like, yeah, I know that guy stinks. And there's some other guys, oh, he might not be a dud for so long. So let's dive in, Joe. Studs and duds, who are we looking at? Give us some of the uh, usual suspects and then give us some interesting names. Well, we've talked in hour one about the Cardinals pulling away potentially uh, from the Milwaukee Brewers. And I think pulling away would be more than three games at the end of when all said and done that they are ahead in that division and win that division. I think that's reasonable. I think that's really pulling away. And we've talked about Paul Goldschmidt for MVP, but I wanted to give a little love to Nolan Arenado. Look at the last 45 ABs coming into the weekend for Nolan Arenado. Look at this, six home runs. 13 ribbies. Remember last week when we talked about go get all those Cardinals in Colorado last week? Remember yes. that? Well, if you did that, you did okay. Uh, 356 batting average, a 1286 OPS. You know, Nolan Arenado was a huge addition for this team. And to be able to solidify the corners and the cornerstones of this franchise here, uh, I think the Cardinals were searching for this for a while. You know, you might even argue that ever since Pujols left in a weird way, they've kind of been searching for this. And they've done a fantastic job in this organization of going out and acquiring two guys in their prime via trade and kudos to them for having the draft capital and the prospects to do these kind yeah. of moves. And then the commitment financially to sign them to extensions, but getting Goldschmidt, getting Arenado, you know, nowadays you don't get players who hit free agency at 28 years old, 29 years old. You don't get that typically nowadays. You get guys who go through extensions and stuff like that, and you're getting them in their thirties. So the fact that they were able to go there, get two guys in their prime, have enough left in the tank to still surround them with good talent and even acquire more pieces as they need them. I mean, the Cardinals just continue to do it right. And they're an organization that every year, if you're going to go make investments in a team and you know, you're looking at the board, the Cardinals always feel like a good investment to make the playoffs because that is a wager where you know the organization's deep. You know they're going to go and do what they need to do. But I want to give them credit here because what they've been able to do in terms of remaking, putting two cornerstone players at both corner spots has been really spectacular and has given this whole organization, I think a, a renewed sense of life and, and really just been outstanding here this season. And St. Louis deserves a lot of love. So Matt all year, finally caving, having to give the Mets credit. And here I am at the end of August, giving the Cardinals credit. Look at us. Who'd have thought. Amazing. And the world isn't even close to ending. And cue next you're, you're scene no of a fireball crashing <laughs> studio. What's that um, locust I see on my window? Raining? Okay, anyway, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, identity baseball. The St. Louis Cardinals have always are a class organization. Always have been. They will remain that way. Uh, seeing what they've done and having protection in the lineup, doing baseball the right way. I don't think Goldschmidt would be doing what Goldschmidt is doing if Arenado were not there to protect him in the lineup. And it's evident. Look at that batting average over the last few games, and the OPS really jumps out. Coupled with the young guys there. Now, that lineup gets tinkered with a bit, but it really seems to be pretty solid right around 3-4. 
And uh, any way you cut the other side of it, whether you do the Carlsons and the Newt Bars and the Edmonds and the O'Neills, and now the Jettison Bader, you make a little bit more room there. But the team is certainly showing you who they are. And identity baseball is who they are. And the St. Louis Cardinals play good baseball, and they will be in the postseason. Depends on who they're going to play in the first round, though. They flipped. They were going to play San Diego. Now it looks like they would play Philadelphia if the season ended today. All right, if the season ended today, uh, the Cleveland Indians would probably go to Shane Bieber if they had one game, one chance to get in. And uh, Bieber's the next stud on the board. Let's talk about how important he is. Again, American League pitcher is completely overshadowed by Justin Verlander, but Bieber has laid a claim. We've been doing shows for like six months. And you finally screwed up the Guardians at the end. Really, you said Cleveland oh, Indians. All you made it all this way only to, only to drop the ball at the end. Oh man! Even the best fall down sometimes. Oh, wow! Oh Even my the... goodness! You are the songbird of our generation. Wow, that is beautiful. Oh, I'm the something of our generation. Yeah, you're something, all right. <laughs> Shane Bieber has been a huge reason of why the Cleveland Guardians have been as competitive as they have been, and I. You know, we were pounding the table for the trade deadline for Cleveland to go do something. It's like that meme of the, you know, the guy poking with the stick. So, I mean, come on, do something. You're right there. Do something. Well, we wanted them to, and they wouldn't. But look at Shane Bieber, our last three starts, 20 innings, 24 Ks, only 13 hits, a 1.35 ERA, a .80 whip. And I can't tell you how many articles I've read from a very smart people out there in the fantasy industry all year about the demise of Shane Bieber. Oh, it's Shane Bieber. Oh, it's all going the wrong direction. Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber doesn't care about your articles. He doesn't care about your deep stats. Shane Bieber has figured it out. And Shane Bieber, even though there's been some bumps on the road, has been absolutely outstanding so far for the Cleveland Guardians. And as they've made this <laughs> run, man, he has been a huge part of it. You need that ace. You need that guy at the top of that rotation. We've given some love to Tristan McKenzie, too, who really had a fantastic stretch there. But it's really been him. Now, unfortunately, Matt, when you have the studs, you have the duds. And Glaber Torres of the Yankees, ooh, has not been good over the last 53 at-bats. No home runs. Two RBI, 21 strikeouts. That's almost half the at-bats ending in strikeouts. You're not putting the ball in play. You're not helping your team in any way. A 189 batting average and a 449 OPS. Glaber Torres has certainly gone backwards here in the second half. Uh, so what are your thoughts here on the struggles of the Yankee second baseman? Glaber continues to labor and shortens the Yankees lineup. We were talking about how effective the Astros are because they've lengthened their lineup with Mancini. The Yankees shorten their lineup when guys like Torres go into slumps and it hurts their chances. Everyone knows, especially in the wagering market, it really is two teams in the American League. And I get it. There are other teams. That AL wild card race is certainly going to be intriguing. A lot of money and handles going to go in on those races. But at the end of the day, it should be chalkily. It should be the Yankees and the Astros. And the Yankees can't afford to have a shortened lineup. So uh, it's concerning. And you hope that Torres turns it around. Uh, for Minnesota, you look at a team, we mentioned the wild card, or you turn to Minnesota, you turn to some of their pitchers. They went out and they made some moves, but Joe Ryan is a guy that they were hoping would be their Bieber down the stretch, and um, mm -hmm. that hasn't been the case thus far, Joe. No, and I did a video at Fantasy Pros where we always do the buy low, sell high, and he was the number one sell high guy for me in the last video I did in July because you saw the trend lining up and you saw – once again, with these young pitchers, the innings start to pile up. You get fatigue over his last three starts, 14 innings, 20 hits, but the six home runs, that's been the undoing of Joe Ryan. You've seen a lot of that recently. Joe Ryan's still a really good long-term investment. Joe Ryan's a good young pitcher. 
he will be fine next year. He'll be one of the pitchers I'm absolutely on next year. But the 9.82 ERA over the last three starts, the 1.57 whip, this was inevitable. If you looked at the deeper stats, you saw the FIP and the XFIP did not necessarily go with the ERA. And you saw that the innings total was starting to catch up to him a little bit. And here you go down the stretch. A little bit of a question mark here for the Twins. We'll see what happens with them. We come back. We're going to continue on this magical journey and look ahead to some more moving between the lines. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into Diamond Bets. Uh, laughter all the time, making money all the time. It's what we do. Match striker Joe Pizzapia with you. And now we straight up get into it. This is what it's all about. This is where we bread our butter. No, we butter our bread. It's where we make our money. It's uh, between the lines here, sitting down with Joe Pizzapia, talking about the National League and the American League, outright betting here. Let's throw the lines up here, Joe, because this is a show about wagering, finding value, and pulling money out of our love of baseball. Dodgers, Mets, Braves, Padres, Cardinals, Phillies. How are we leaning here? I'm still trying to wrap my head around the bread metaphor you're working on there. I know you wanted to make dough somehow. The in mouth there. was open. Was words were flying. Words were Nothing makes so you sense. Take, what you do is you, you bread the butter. That's when you have a nice full stick of butter. Ooh, full stick of butter with some breadcrumbs. Bread. And you just throw put it bread in the on oven. top of it. Ooh, you wrap it in. good and healthy. <laughs> I like this. I like where we're going here. Uh, I like where we're going. It's a heart attack. <clears throat> Pretty sure that's where we're going. Uh, let's do the National the League. And there's been movement even in the last 24 hours on this. So stay with me, boys and girls. It's going to be fun. So the Dodgers heading into the weekend minus 160 this morning when you wake up bright and early and get the crust out of your eye it's plus 155 the mets were plus 220 after jacob Degrom's one nothing win yesterday plus 200 so the mets are getting ever closer here my friend to this national league number it's getting real tight tight like a tiger atlanta braves plus 650 this morning they were plus 700 last night now here's the thing we talked about that tatis suspension you lose a game to the Nats. What happens? Okay, they were at plus 700 going into the weekend, the Padres. That number this morning on FanDuel, plus 1,100. That's a huge jump. That is a huge jump in one day, Matt. I feel like the books have basically said it's a three-team race for the National League crown. It's the Dodgers, it's the Mets, it's the Braves. What's fascinating to me is that the, the Brewers are still plus 1,400 and the Cardinals are plus 15. I, I don't get this. Going into the weekend – the Cardinals were plus 13. The Philadelphia Phillies were fifth, uh, plus 1,500. And now the Phillies are behind the Cardinals. I, I, I'm trying to figure out. I don't think anybody understands those teams really to the, the in terms of like really going in there wagering and feeling good about the Phillies or the Cardinals or the Brewers. <clears throat> the feeling of the Padres has changed, Matt. It's changed mm-hmm. significantly. And it begs the question, is this the time to get in on the Padres to win the National League? Because they do have Soto. They do have Machado. They did yeah. acquire Drury. They do have the pitching. And now they got Josh Hader in the ninth inning, who I know Josh Hader hasn't been vintage Josh Hader. It doesn't mean he can't flip the switch and all of a sudden go on an incredible run in the postseason. We all know it's possible. So even though there's three clear favorites, you put money on the favorites here at the very end, or you put money on the Padres, and now this number that's jumped up significantly, you're getting plus 1,100 on FanDuel on the pods this morning. What are your thoughts? 
No, it's called gambling for a reason. Do you <laughs> think that the Padres are going to flip a switch? Look, I know pro athletes, man. They're very fickle, but mentally, they're really fickle. Does this fire this team up? Do they have a closed-door meeting and say, look, we don't need anyone else. This is the team we have. They have the front-end pitching. They have the back-end and the bullpen. They have the hitters. If you believe that, then this is the time to get in on that. If you don't, then you go to the Mets and you say logic tells you that they are going to be the team here. Sprinkle a little on the Dodgers. If you think the Braves have it, you sprinkle a little there. But, yeah, this is called gambling for a reason. You want to take a long shot, long odds on the Padres, you could talk yourself into that. If you want to be conservative, then you play the Mets. All right. Uh, look, for me, I told you beating DeGrom and Scherzer five times in a short series sounds real tough to me. Still going to put significant awesome. money on the Mets to win the National League. The Padres, though, a plus 1,100. You could put a smaller chip on that just for S's and G's and see where it goes. Let's see about the movement in the American League. We talk, this is the whole point. Moving between the lines. The lines are moving, and they're moving rapidly right now. You're going to see some separation here towards the stretch, and this might be the last time you can get in on some of these things. So the Yankees going into the weekend games were plus 165. This morning, same thing, plus 165. The Astros were plus 165. This morning, plus 165. So the Astros were behind the Yankees for most of the season. It's not the case anymore. They're even. And I would venture to say if we were here next week doing baseball, the Astros might be ahead of the Yankees. So this is your last chance, boys and girls, to get in on the Astros at the plus money, I think. I think you're going to see maybe like a plus 100. Could even be even money by the time we get to mid-September. I'm telling you, the Yankees were bound to come back to earth a little bit. Now, here's the thing. Baseball is a game of streaks. As good as the Yankees were in the first half, you knew it was going to come back down to earth in the second half. Do they have that third streak in them where they turn things around again? They very well might, which makes them very dangerous. But you had to know this number was going to change a little bit. So if you like the Yankees, just keep waiting. You might get a better number. You might get a two or three, you know, potentially on them. The Blue Jays at plus 700 going into the weekend. They are now plus eight. And then, of course, you get 1,300 for the Mariners. That is now 1,500. The White Sox were at 20 to one. They have closed the gap. They're now at plus 1,700. And Cleveland is now at 20 to one after being 22 heading into the weekend. So, Matt. Once again, there's a lot of line movement here going on. It feels to me, once again, I'm going to stay on brand with the Houston Astros, but do you see anything else here on this board in terms of movement that you think is worthy of notice for our audience here today? Well, this is, there's no fun here anymore. There really isn't, and I'm, I'm amazed, but maybe It's I'm like when not, your favorite pizza I... place sells, and now like the crust doesn't taste the same. You're like, I don't like this place anymore. But, but here's the thing. We, we talk about betting and wagering and gambling. You look at this, and the Yankees and the Astros are the play. And if you want to sit and wait for one of these teams to go on a run just to move this number slightly one way or the another, God bless you. But I'm amazed at the fact that people are still on the White Sox. And maybe I'm not because even I have been thinking about and giving them out, and I think now is finally the time. What's that old, uh, what is it, Michael Keaton, Shelley Long movie, Money Pit? Something like oh, that, where you just you keep throwing way. money down this hole. Like, it's enough already. It really is, especially to win the whole AL. How about just for them to, to win the Central or just to maybe get the wild card, not to win the whole AL? You want value, I think we just pivot to the World Series now and try to find the, the plus money there because Yankees-Astros, Yankees-Astros, Yankees-Astros all day long. Yeah, and like the money pit, you don't want to be stuck in that hole in the floor that Tom Hanks is in. When the rug oh, collapses, it wasn't Michael Keaton. Okay, fair enough. No, it's Tom Hanks in the money pit, but Did that's okay. I, I bailed you out. Person? Shelley Long and Tom Hanks. 
and he's oh. caught in there hey, remember and he, and he can't he can't scream because his chest is constricted by the by the floor <laughs> amazing movie. Sounds like and for marriage. anyone who's ever bought a house funnier after that for sure and sad <laughs> or sad at the same time <laughs> all right let's take a look at the world series odds that have been moving and shaking off late now the dodgers coming into the weekend were plus 330 now they're at plus 350 so a little bit of movement there the astros were at plus 390 they are at plus 400 this is a great wager four to one on the astros i think is just spectacular because you just said it it's boring in the american league we think that it's the, just pretty much the yankees and the astros and if you look at recent trends the astros have kind of owned the yankees a little bit i mean they have really taken it to them so if you if you believe in that and the confidence level and everything that Matt's talking about in terms of the mental side of things, the Astros have confidence against the Yankees. And if that's the only team they really have to beat to get there, this four to one is an outstanding wager for them to win the whole thing because the the path to the World Series is much easier. So the path to the World Series is easier. Then you just got to beat whatever team they put in front of you. And you never know. The National League is a little bit more in flux. You don't know if those games go to a seven game series. What happens then is that team kind of get a little deflated or a little out of energy, putting so much into that NLCS that when they get to the World Series, the air is out of the balloon. It's happened many times before. The Yankees are a plus 400 right now. Uh, yesterday, they were a plus 420. The Mets were a plus 470. Now they're a plus 450. That uh, group has shrunk a little bit as well. The Braves this morning are plus 1300. Same as going into the weekend. Here you go again. The Padres were a plus 1400. The Padres now plus 1800. So significant change for the Padres. So if you like the Padres as a long shot to win the National League is a fun wager. You might as well take another $10 and throw it on the Padres to win it all. Because if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound, or in this case, another $10 or whatever you want to put it. However, you want to think about the units. And it doesn't take a lot of money to have fun and invest. And that's the other thing, too, that I think people get intimidated oh it's a wagering network i've got i don't have thousands of dollars of expendable income you don't need it who does you put ten dollars <laughs> on an 18 to one and it hits it's great you lose now that 10 bucks thousands of dollars of expendable right now you do right but you don't have <laughs> what you don't have is is you're now out money you're now in a bad position in life no it's 10 bucks right. you know what i mean it's it's not a big deal it's it's your order at starbucks pretty much to get coffee and a muffin i mean just a coffee and a muffins, $8 easily at Starbucks. Anyway, by the way, they're not a sponsor of the show. I just want you to know that, everyone. Let's let's get back to the, <laughs> the odds. Here. They aren't anymore. I'm looking at the Astros at four to one, basically. I'm looking at the Mets at plus four and a half. That is your sweet spot for both of these. Sure, the Braves at 13 are intriguing. It just doesn't feel like the Braves year for one reason or another. It just feels like a lot of things just aren't going their way. They had their moment in the sun, I felt like, and now they've kind of come back. I think mentally strong the astros you can put in that category i think you put the mets in that category too and other teams have complained about it they've said this team doesn't give away at bats this team is tenacious they're really annoying to play against and they never quit yeah. and they've had a lot of those late inning wins too which you and i both know when you start winning those games when those bounces of the ball go your way it tends to start getting into a mental headspace where you think well everything's going to go our way and that makes you very dangerous. It's kind of how the Braves were last year. Matt, what are your thoughts here in the World Series where we close it out here? Uh, real quickly, I think a fun way to play this would be to wheel four teams, Astros, Yankees, Mets, and Padres, no matter how it turns out. 
at least you've covered yourself twice in the NL and twice in the AL. And given these plus numbers, it would be an interesting way to to uh, split a unit four ways even. If you just do a quarter on each, Joe is right. It doesn't always have to be these big, big wagers. It's pocket change. A lot of the sites, a lot of the apps allow you to really, really get in there and wager where you're comfortable, Joe. And no, we didn't talk about the Dodgers at all because I'm staying on brand. I wasn't in for the Dodgers in February. Still not there in August, baby. Let's go. When we come back. Big questions and big answers right here on DB. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome into Diamond Bets. Matt Stryker and Joe Pizzapia with you, and it is time for rounding the bases. And this is where I get to ask Joe five burning questions. His, his answers always have an interesting take on just basically the pulse of sports overall, but also from a wagering perspective. And I've talked about it a lot, Joe. At this point in the season, a lot of the sharps have left for fantasy football. So the waters are wide open. So the regular Joes, mm-hmm. which you are not one, uh, have a chance to really make some money here. So I think this five burning questions here rounding the bases is very important. So here we go, Mr. Joe Pizzapia, author of the Black Book series and prevailing voice in an industry. Which team is likely to make a deeper postseason run? The San Diego Padres or the Atalanta Braves? <laughs> well, you know, this is a, a tricky one because the Braves have a little bit more of that cachet, right? They are reigning champions. They did it last year. An incredibly talented team, right? Very athletic team as well. Play good defense. It's the pitching with the Braves that I get worried about right now because, you know, Charlie Morton really hasn't been a vintage version of himself. Max Fried dealing with that concussion issue, which you, you got to hope that that doesn't linger. Uh, I, there's no indications. You don't, you never know about these things, but you understand this very well. I mean, this is not a, a joke, these concussion situations. And for a guy who's a pitcher and it's all about balance and all of that, Let's just be careful here with Max Freed. And I think it's the rotation here, too, when you consider Kyle Wright and where he's kind of gone to in the second half after a brilliant first half, you know, looking a little bit more human, I would say, in the last few months at times. I look at that Padres rotation, and at the front of the Padres rotation, they've got Joe Musgrove, who's been right there in that Sun Young conversation all year, and they've got you Darvish. Um, then, you know, Joe Musgrove still has an ERA under three for the year, guys. I mean, 2.91. Uh, I think that there's something about those two pitchers, you know, Sean Mania certainly and Blake Snell are capable of going out there and, and throwing good starts there. We'll see if Clevenger gets any starts in the postseason. I doubt it, but it's Musgrove and Darvish where I think those two pitchers become really tough for the Braves to match up with right now. As good as Max Fried is, it's this current industry that uh, injury, excuse me, that has me a little uneasy about them. So the Soto movement, Maybe just maybe this Tatis thing makes them rally around each other. I hope the air doesn't go out of balloon. I hope what happened this weekend with the Nats is more just, all right, time to pick ourselves up now after this and realize that it's on us and we've got to figure out ways to win. The Padres are going to be there. And at the end of the day, if you give me a short series with the Padres pitching and the Braves pitching, as great as the Braves offense is, it's that pitching and the depth of it that has me a little worried. I know Strider's been excellent too. I don't want to take anything away. But what's he going to be by the time we get to October also in terms of innings, in terms of health? It's a lot of questions there for me. I'll go with the Padres, which I know it's the more dangerous answer, but I think it's the pods. What do you think, Matt? 
Um, if they keep messing around, they're going to play each other in the first round, and then the answer yeah. will be whomever comes out of it. Because mm-hmm. if they end up, what is it, Philadelphia and St. Louis would be the other sides of it. Neither team's going any deeper because I don't think they're going to get past the Dodgers and the Mets respectively. So then it's a question of how many games do they win in their individual best of three series. So it's just, it's a, I mean, at the end of the day, you would think that the Padres are built better, but the Braves, you mentioned, have the experience. But again, I think it's a moot point because I think neither team gets past, if they do get out of the first round, gets past the second round. So there you go. I take the fifth. Seems to be a trend these days. Second question here, uh, Joe. Should Alex Cora be on the hot seat for the Red Sox? This is a tricky one. You know, the Red Sox were not supposed to do anything last year, and they played well above their expectations, right? And now we want to kill the Red Sox because now they had expectations and they didn't reach them. I mean... Look, there's they're three games under 500. They're nowhere near the Yankees, but they didn't have their best pitcher all season in Chris Sale. They had it for what two starts, <laughs> whatever it was. You know, that's that's a very difficult scenario for the Boston Red Sox because that was the guy you they were hanging in, and then they got Chris Sale back and you thought, okay, this is their opportunity to kind of be in the mix, and they were in the mix for that wild card in a very competitive division. I think that the Red Sox need to address the pitching way more this offseason than they did last year they were just hoping and thinking oh chris will come back and that'll be what we need we can get Ivaldi and pavetto pitch well for a good chunk of the season and we'll just figure it out until we get sale back but that's not good enough it's not enough depth of pitching and the teams that have deep pitching teams like the padres teams like the mets uh, teams like the atlanta braves those are the teams that are in it and the teams that don't have depth in pitching you have that one injury all of a sudden you fall off a map so i don't think this is cora's fault i don't think he should be I think this is more of a, a roster construction issue than is a managerial issue, uh, personally. I, I mean, I think you're going to chalk up the Red Sox losing. You make an investment in Trevor Story with all that money. Maybe you should have spread some of that money into the pitching instead. It's like you didn't have offense. You had J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, and Xander Bogarts. It's a pretty good middle of the order. Uh, hmm. To me, the Trevor Story signing was one of the biggest wastes of money for this organization. Take that money, go lock up Xander Bogarts for a while. I just, I think this is more of a failure in the – in the top level than it is on the field level. What, what do you think, Matt? Maybe you see this differently. To the question of should Alex Cora be on the hot seat for the Red Sox, I'll ask three questions. If we answer yes to two of them, then yes, he should be. Uh, is it Alex Cora's fault that the Orioles are playing above their heads this season? No. No. Is it Alex Cora's fault that Chris Sale busted his hand or his elbow, whatever it was? No. Is it Alex Cora's fault that the bullpen situation didn't work out the strams the whitlocks the barneses of the world maybe alex cora should not be on the hot seat for the red sox because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of factors that alex cora could not control and if there was anyone else at the helm i can't say they'd be any lower because they are at the bottom right now but i think it would be a lot worse how about that they can still see the wild card even if it's mathematically improbable it still isn't impossible as of right now all right here we go perfect segue uh, Joe, will the Baltimore Orioles make the playoffs? <laughs> well, Matt Stryker, I am the Loki of fantasy sports. Everybody knows that. I love chaos. I think it's fun. Uh, chaos is a ladder. Chaos is opportunity. I would love nothing more to see the Baltimore Orioles somehow sneak in for that last wild card spot. I don't think they're going to. Um, I mean, look, you know, in that shortened season, we saw the Marlins sneak into the playoffs in 2020. Anything's possible. And we started talking about this on the break, too, in between on the commercial when we were talking about the Orioles a few segments ago, which is I wonder how much the ballpark factor change has really kept them in a lot of games where, you know, these pitchers that aren't that great, aren't giving up same home run rate that they were in previous seasons. And, 
you know, those big swings that leave those little tiny ballparks really do have a negative effect on games. Now with left field being what it is, I wonder how much, you know, from a metric standpoint has really kept this subpar pitching staff of the Orioles in games longer. And they've had some good bounces of the ball, some good luck, some good bullpen, some timely hitting, all those things can work in your favor. I got to say they're not at the end of the day, because I just don't think they have enough to compete but yeah. man, I really want them to, cause I think it's fun. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it without even, I would say like big, you know, it's not like Grayson Rodriguez came up and all of a sudden became the number one starter and you're really rolling right now. Like none of that stuff has happened. It's been with all of these guys that you look at, you know, these are the pitchers on the waiver wire of fantasy leagues, pretty much. <laughs> Instead they're, they're I'm sniffing the real life playoffs in the wild card yeah. with what they've got. It's a credit to this organization, what they've done to the management, to the players, but at the end of the day, I just it's hard to believe that it'll be enough in September to keep it up for another six weeks. But then again, six weeks ago, I I thought it was going to fade away and it didn't. So what do I know at the end of the day? I, w- I would say no. I would say this is not going to happen. But Matt, what do you think? Do you think the Orioles can actually somehow sneak in the back door of the playoffs and show up here? Let me sum it up like this. Billy, this is Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins is a hit machine and he gets on base. The only setback is that nobody knows who he is. Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing and referencing Moneyball, but that's the entire thing. Is even The Orioles are doing it statistically. Their bullpen has been absolutely amazing. The only problem is that nobody can name an Oriole beyond <laughs> the, the basic guys. You know, the Mullins and the Santanders and the Hazes. And a lot of people probably still say Mancini. be like, no, he's not there. Um, well, Hayes has been will a great they? player. Like, Hayes, Hayes is a player yeah. I've loved for a long time. They have and great it's players. great to see Hayes finally getting some credit. Yeah. But, um, you know, here's the thing. Will they make the playoffs? I think even if they do, they're not going to be playing at home. And if they do, they're going to be taking an opportunity away from someone else. I just think there are better teams. They're a fun story. But I'm with you. No, they won't. Those just, just miss. All right. Fourth question here. Which team currently not in the playoff spot will be in the playoffs come October? So flip the script here. What do you got? Well, Matt, I thought long and hard about this uh, before we were coming into the segment because I don't look at these questions ahead of time. I like to be surprised, but right before, I like to give at least a glance so I have some sort of idea what I might be answering to. And this one in particular, I feel like if I don't say the White Sox, then what has this all been for the last six months of this show? I mean, they're right there. I mean, they've been right there. They've played terribly. All year, they've got injuries. They can't get anybody healthy. The pitching is all over the place. Tony LaRussa is, is, is Tony LaRussa. Right now, they're on the outside looking in, but they're so close. I feel like the Jimmy Dugan, right? You know, in in, uh, in, in a league of their own, where I was like, we just have to work on hitting the cutoff, man. We just have to, if we could just do that, we'd be a better team, right? We just, you're right there. Just, Let's try to just focus a little bit. That's what I feel like. I wanted to shake everybody, but like, hey, listen, listen, we're right there. All you got to do is finish strong. Now, an incredible twist of fate right now. There's two and a half games separating the White Sox from Cleveland at the top of this division. Two and a half games is not insurmountable. Dylan Cease has gotten you right on the doorstep here. Please don't throw away the last 14 starts of Dylan Cease with his binary code of earned runs that he's given up where it's either one or zero for 14 starts. It is spectacular. Don't throw that away. Chicago, you are right there. And Cleveland is a team that we were talking about for months and months and Jose Ramirez for months and months. And Stephen Kwan is starting to produce again. 
but the White Sox have the better talent and the better talent theoretically over a long season is supposed to win out. Maybe it's just getting into the playoffs and maybe they breathe a sigh of relief and then they actually become good in the playoffs. But I feel like it's the White Sox and I feel like once again, I'm setting myself up for disappointment. So I hate my answer, but I am going to try to stay consistent. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Is there a team that you think is on the outside looking in is going to sneak in to the playoffs? You're, I love you. You're so sweet because after you're like, well, what about you? Like there was this puppy dog guy's like, please so, feed me so, out of this. I'm so miserable. Um, I'm miserable oh, watching the White Sox God. play miserably God, for an entire season. I know. Um, so here's the thing. How many more starts do you think Cease has left? Five, maybe? Does that sound about right? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. So if the White Sox can strength of schedule matters, they can beat up on some lesser teams and get the good starts out of Cease. Hopefully a few of those land against some teams that maybe the White Sox wouldn't normally beat Cease weren't on the mound. And maybe, yeah, it's that team. But uh, if you could tell me what are some of the other teams on the outside looking in, I, I just I feel like there isn't a team on the outside looking in that is going to get in. Uh, the, the central is intriguing because it's going to have to be someone has to win that division and someone has to get in from that particular point of view. So I think it's pretty much set the way it is. I really do. Um, remains to be seen. Fifth and final question, Joe. What is your World Series matchup prediction? Who's your World Series winner? Mets and Astros. Astros mm -hmm. in seven because the Mets can't have nice things. I know this because <laughs> I'm a loser Mets fan. Uh, but I mean, it just feels like also that, you know, the Mets are going to get in there and I just, the Astros, I, I've, the Mets can win it all. There's no doubt about that, but this is that other level now. And this team has been in the playoffs a lot more than the Mets the last couple of years. They know what it takes to win in those kind of situations. I'm wondering if the Mets do yet, Matt, how about you? What's your final prediction? I'm telling you, man, it's the Orioles and the Phillies and I'm going to stick to that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Joe's right. Astros and Mets are, are the way to go. And also, it's the best bet on the board. When you're looking for value and you don't want to shoot over, Mets, Astros are the way to go. We have a way to go here on the way back. Three outs coming up right after this. More Diamond Lights. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, here we go for the final time this season. Welcome back to Diamond Bets. Matt and Joe with you here. This has been a show about pulling money out of your love, like, or just mere passing interest in the sport of baseball. Next week in the same exact time slot, we switch it over to football, and there's nobody better at it than Joe Pizzapia. He'll be right back here. I'll be along as well. But now it's time for three outs. And Joe, during the break, we were continuing our World Series conversation. We both arrived at the Houston Astros being the better team, if just by a little bit than anyone else. And they should be the World Series champions. But we have miles to go before we sleep. So give me your three outs, three things to which you are looking forward in this coming week of Major League Baseball. I just want to say it's been a very fun season again. They keep letting us do this show despite... The fact we are as goofy as we are, we must be doing something right because this is what third season, four season. I don't even know how many seasons we've been doing at Diamond Bets, but it's been great to hang out here with you. And I'm excited for football season to turn the page. 
But before we do, let's take a look at the things to watch for down the stretch run. The Verlander Cy Young run. Oh, that's right. We're going to bring everything full circle on this last three outs. We talked about it in February. We talked about it in March. Even the last couple of weeks when things weren't looking so good and it looked like Shane McClanahan was ahead. No, no, no. Justin Verlander is that dude. Put that award on him. Pete Alonso, in the last six weeks of the season, can he build that narrative for himself? I say no because nobody likes teams in New York that they're going to vote for. Matt says it shouldn't matter. Matt's right, but the problem is it's unfortunate people are still going to look at it and say, two guys from New York? No, we can't vote for both of those guys for MVP. That's not right, and they won't. And are the Dodgers too big to fail? That's the question we've been asking here on the show for many, many months. And I still think that they're big enough, and I still think that they're going to fail at the end of the day. So there you have it. It's been so much fun. I want to thank everybody's worked on this show. Nick, our graphics people, our LTN folks running everything. Jack, Chris, uh, Bodge, who's done a great job here running Bodge. the program today, as always. We have a family beach. here. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Matt, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.